his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Every gets over the line. Try from Ulster. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello and welcome to the Red 78, a Monster podcast for Monster fans. My name is Roy O'Hagan. I'm joined by Monster legends Alan Quinlan and Fiona Hayes. Guys, how are you? Good, Rory. Very good, Rory, yeah. Great. Uh, all good. Thanks for the God. We're getting over the, the World Cup hangover and back into into the provincial rugby in the URC. What more do you want? But that's where it's all about. That's where all the magic happens. We have a lot to get through on the show. Busy, busy week ahead for Monsters. They prepare to head to Ulster. We'll be looking ahead to that. We're going to look back on the impressive win in Musgrave Park as well. Fiona and Alan are going to pick uh, their stars of the week as well. But first off, Fiona, how are you? How was your weekend? Good weekend. Uh, I was uh, coaching uh, for Boas down in Ballin College, so we had a, a huge win and nice. then straight to watch the Munster game on top of that. And what a treat we had. Um, some class performances and, you know, off the back of last weekend's performance in Benetton, it was it was super to see the guys uh, go out and put that in in Cork as well. Yeah, couldn't you hold your weekend? I was grand, Rory, yeah. I was, um, I actually did the... Uh, the interpro between uh, Connacht and, and Ulster on Saturday night. So it was interesting. It was um, good to get back up and running. Um, as I said, after uh, one week before, I was doing the World Cup final and then um, we're doing the interpro the following week. But that's the bread and butter stuff and it's back to that now and that's what Irish fans and I'm sure all the, the, the provincial fans would want to get back behind their provinces and their teams now and, and look to have a good club season as well. Yeah, a lot to cover on the show today. We've had a lot of comments come in. Quinny put out a tweet yesterday. If you want to send in some comments for the show, you can tweet at, at Quinn one or at Hayes 27 You can tweet the show as well at Rugby Channel 15 Fiona, you've got some of those comments in front of you? Yeah, um, some good comments coming in. Um, Sarah McKenzie Foley uh, came in at us with it. It was good to see such a strong performance last weekend after the previous match in Italy. I agree with you, Sarah. Munster started slowly last year with three losses in the first four matches. How do we build the muscle within the team to avoid what that happening again this year and in the future? And then I suppose there was Tom Lonergan came in as well. Another positive, he said intensity was higher and handling errors and penalties were less than a week ago. Set play functioned well, having Edwin and Thomas back, like two giant in capitals, new signings. Um, likewise, Conway, when he is back in again, we will need to add the internationals to be a uh, to this squad for a result in Ulster on Friday. Um John Tuick actually came in here. Great result on Saturday night. It was great to see the academy players getting game time. Super to see two locks combined to put Daly away for Casey's try. Lots of detail errors. Balls on the ground due to integrating so many new players. First word problem compared to last season's start. And um, I think uh, Gavin Murphy, probably the tweet of the week he wants to know, he said Carberry will be a big loss out for a couple of months. And Annie Trout in uh, Sexton joining us till Christmas. <laughs> more chance <laughs> um, of Santa Quinny, playing 10, I'd say. <laughs> Quinny have all that knowledge for you now. He gets the inside scoop. And um, very good Connor Horgan as well. I know he's playing with Young Munster, but he was asking what's the word on Keenan Knox on you sub or travelling Reserves since April. Both our tight heads are playing well, but both are 35. And uh, yeah, I suppose Joe, um, uh, intriguing here, Joe as well. Are we about to lose both our South African locks? We were only chatting about that, Joe, earlier. Good young talent coming through there and Tyg, of course, but to lose both would be a, a huge setback. 
Yeah, certainly will be plenty of comments there and thank you for them as I say we'll read out your comments on the shows every week you can send the lads a tweet at Alan Quinlan 1 or at Fee Hayes 27 tweet the show as well at Rugby Channel 15 and we'll read out your comments on next week's show but guys let's start with that fantastic win at Musgrave Park you guys both predicted big wins for Munster um, Quinny that was just I suppose as good as it gets for Munster albeit against opposition um, who didn't have a lot of their players they're missing 20 players I believe going into that game but um, a fantastic performance seven fantastic tries and just overall a great performance from Munster Yeah it was, it was probably to be expected Rory and, and that's not being disrespectful to, to the Dragons I think um, having Wales playing the Barbarians on Saturday for, for the Welsh regions was was you know it hampered them didn't it um, it's, it was a crazy decision. It's down to finances. And, you know, you talk about the, the root health of, of the Irish provinces and the IRFU compared to the Welsh Rugby Union, which is, it's a difficult position for, for the Welsh regions. And um, I have a lot of friends in Wales, a lot of good colleagues, a lot of ex-players are played against. And it, it's it's sad and difficult to see. And, and there's a concern and a worry there. Um, the Dragons probably would have been the, the the weakest of, of, of the other three regions. Um, and I think, you know, you're always going to get a situation where the Irish provinces are expected to, to beat them, particularly here. Um, they've had some really good results over there, uh, m- most notably against Munster last year and the year before against Leinster. So they're very competitive, but they're, they're down to the bare bones. They're missing 20 players. On the flip side of that, Munster's resources are probably in a stronger position, mm-hmm. but they were missing 17 players as well. So lots of players missing from both sides. Munster's depth would, would be stronger. Um, so you can't really get carried away with a result like that, Rory. And, and I don't think um, I don't think uh, Munster will themselves. I don't think the Dragons would be too despondent. They obviously need their players back and need them probably more than, than some of the Irish provinces in the situation they're in regarding the depth chart. But... Um, yeah, they, they, you can only play what's in front of you. And I think they started the game really well. Um, did lots of positive things. Um, their, their line breaks, their handling, their attack, again, was was really impressive. 22 defenders beaten in the game. I love mentioning that stat with this team because it's something we didn't associate with them in the previous regime. Um, the evasiveness and the ability and confidence to go and attack. And, and look, that's what down to... You know, Munster won a URC last year because of their attack, um, not because of um, any other element. I know you need the other important parts of your game, your set piece, your defence, your breakdown, all that. But their attack was was what got them there in the end. And it was an incredible result. One of our tweeters there obviously is talking about the start Munster had last year, which was horrific, really, when you consider their two wins in their first seven games. So in the first three games now, they have two wins and a draw. And it turns out, those two points in Benetton could be really important mm. to come the, the kind of knockout stages. So lots of positives, uh, lots of young players getting exposure, which we'll chat a little bit about. But, um, you know, they they probably did more possession, less territory, I think, um, considering, you know, their dominance. They probably didn't. It's an area that they probably need to manage a little bit better playing closer to that attack in that attack zone um you, you you want to be not playing a lot out the field um missed tackles were quite low it was it was 11 i think they had 105 tackles in the game so these are all the things and that's probably the player of me who looks at the stats in the games um sometimes stats can be misleading 
Um, we saw from the World Cup teams with less possession, probably, and less mistakes, won, won matches um, throughout the whole World Cup. But it was a really positive result and lots of young players um, uh, would, would have got good, good exposure. If we're looking at negatives, there's certain areas, and Fiona mm-hmm. could probably elaborate about this, the breakdown at times, there was issues, there was turnovers, there was accuracy problems there, and their mall defence was, was yeah. poor at times. Yeah, oh, he looked, I, I had that as well, Quinny, uh, 30 minutes, 42 minutes, 59 minutes, uh, Dragons got good shift on, on that mall, and I suppose um, it was just... I suppose the thing that stood out with that Quinny as well, lads, is the lack. They weren't even going up for the last two, so they stayed down and they still were were moving backwards when when the mall formed. If you're staying down, you should be hitting that like a train and and trying to dismantle it. So they'll definitely do a bit more work on that. But you know what impressed me hugely? Like I know we had a lot of the ball, um, a lot of possession, but I think it was about after 12 minutes. I think Scannell give a kick, uh, probably not the best exit of his life. And uh, the Dragons counter-attacked, it went wide, but Munster absolutely defensively formed perfectly. I think Coombs went in, slowed down that ball on the right-hand side. It, it eventually shifted over to the left and, and Barron was able to get that turnover five metres out. So it was huge for them. Early in the game, they started really well with, with Tony Butler. You know, he he was brilliant, a beautiful little slip pass to Nash. But I just thought from the start, their defensive setup and how they got organised on that counter-attack return was brilliant. For such young guys, you know, it's, it's a mix in squad. I suppose there was a lot of changes and there was a lot of players that really impressed me and stood up. Albeit, we discussed the Dragons probably not not the best, but you can only play what's in front of you, and they really put their hand up for selection, especially the two second rows. Immense. Actually, just on if I, if I if I was if I could just say, Rory, and and probably the listeners are wondering what my take is on how to prove that um, the defensive mall is something that it's a real weapon, um, you know, and it's something that um, obviously it's you can use it to your advantage, and it's very very important in games. Um, it can get you out of your defensive um, problems and issues if you're back defending close to your own line five metres out you win that line out you start moving that mall forward it's easy to clear your lines flip side of that when you're defending a mall close in or even out the field you've got to react early I think it's something that um, and it's probably with Thomas Ahern and and Edwin Adogbu they're, they're still young they're probably it comes with experience about the, the little nuances of getting in, um, you know, stopping to a mall be set up, breaking it up a little bit, isolating um, the lifters, things like that. There's loads of things you can learn as you go along there. And it's an area that they will get better at. But I feel that, you know, these are the kind of games now that, you know, when you go into Europe or you go into the big interpros or you go into knockout stages of the rugby this season, You've got to be right at that because one mall can can cost you a game. So it's a collective effort. I'm not isolating the two second rows there because they're fantastic footballers and they're still very young and inexperienced. Um, but I think you know you want your second rows really getting in, being a nuisance, and, and no no one better than John Klein who who will be back with Munster in a couple of weeks to maybe you know help and add some value there and experience and and even um, helping to to teach those those younger players, how to break up them all. And it's not just those, it's all the players, your props, your back rows. I think our reaction was a little bit slow, Dragons mm-hmm. got set early. So it's not, uh, you know, it's not something that's a huge concern, but it's something that you want to develop and you want to become really hard at mauling against. 
Um, I'm sure Andy Kiriakou will look at that and Graham Rountree yeah. and it's something they'll work on this week because we've seen and we I know I'm jumping ahead we've seen from Ulster last year yes how dominant their mall was and how many tries Tom Stewart got at the back of mall so if they don't get their mall defence right for next Friday night in Belfast they'll have an issue and look it's not a major problem now but I think it's something they'll have to talk about and sometimes Fiona you'll know it's not about going out kind of going full on again 8v8 it's about talking through this and walking through and saying look you need to get in there quicker block this player blah 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 so it's it's one area the other area we mentioned, I mentioned was the breakdown. It's just, again, it's something that teams have to continuously work on week after week because, um, uh, you know, they, there was eight turnovers won by the Dragons. And again, that's a high number. Um, I'm not being disrespectful to them. Um, they had some very good players and they were really good at the breakdown and, and attack monster. But just when you get in that crucial area, you've got to be accurate and make sure that you hold on to the ball. So... No major concerns, but something to focus on this week. Uh, again, travelling to Belfast on Friday night. Yeah, and I remember even last year, Quinny, I was doing. We were on Virgin doing that South Africa game, and a thing that we focused on pre-match was the Ulster game the previous weekend up in Belfast. They got absolutely hammered at Mall Time Munster did, and they came out the next week, and South African didn't get an inch at Mall Time. So it's very, very fixable. And I know Tommy O'Donnell does a lot of work on that in there with the lads as well because he came out and helped the women's team. And it's it's exactly that. It's getting in there quick. It's bursting those seams before it has time to to form. Guys, a number of players make competitive debuts uh, on Saturday night and the likes of um, Alex uh, Nakavelli made his first start. Uh, Sean O'Brien made his first start. Tony Butler, as we mentioned, made his first competitive start. Ben O'Connor, the former Cork under-20 hurler, uh, featured in the game. Who stood out for you guys on Saturday? Quinny? Um, well, look, it's good that, that um, all those players got game time and got a chance to put on the jersey in a competitive fixture. I think Alex Nankerville is is um, he's a twelve, not a thirteen. So I think Anton Frisch is was getting a little bit of downtime because there's a there's an incredibly hard long run now. I think it's ten or eleven matches on the bounce week after week, um, and that's probably an area that that you know we don't have a huge amount of depth in, in the centre position. So Nankerville will, will and and to be credit to Rory Scannell, I think he's looked sharp and looked really good this season and. Mm. He had a really strong end end to last season, so I think he's a very very good player who who um, just got to believe in himself and get uh, get plenty of games and get match sharp and all that. So he started well. Um, Sean O'Brien, obviously, I think he's more of a centre than a winger. Um, did a really good job the other night. Um, played well. It's good to see him him getting in there as well. Um, ben O'Connor didn't really get a touch of the ball, mm. so he's someone who's very exciting, really athletic. I'm sure we'll see more of him, but. Um, you know, for looking at standout players, I think, um, and we, we, you know, uh, Calvin Nash was was player of the match. He was outstanding. I think the development and improvement of this guy in the last twelve, twelve to eighteen months has been unbelievable. Because um, he's not a young fella anymore. He's twenty five now. Is he twenty six? Um, he's been around a couple of years. But I think again, going back to the way Munster play, he gets his hands on the ball a lot. Mm. Shane Daly and himself were brilliant last year for, for Munster coming in off the wing being an extra kind of distributor uh, a link and, and I think again that's down to the attack mindset and, and, and um, so a lot of those players stood out really good Calvin Nash was the standout player in the match uh, the two second rows again you know a, a Dogbo and, and a Hearn um, 
they kind of bat, uh, complement each other. You have one big bruiser like a Dogba who's really good in the contact skills and contact area, very, very physical. And then Thomas Ahern's athleticism, his ability to win lineouts, steal lineouts, and obviously make lineout breaks. And, and Fiona mentioned it, um, you know, the try for Craig Casey that they were outstanding. And it's, it's, it, it, that'll give him a real feel good factor. So, um, yeah, lots of good performances. Dermot Barron was really good at hooker. It's unfair to be picking everyone out. <laughs> uh, but I think, look, when you have a positive result like that, I think right across the board, the impact off the bench was good. Um, but the standout player for me and, and my star of the match would be Calvin Nash. I'll hand it over to, to Fiona. I've probably covered a lot of the players there and what you want to say, but, um, no, yeah. to be to be honest with you, Calvin was unbelievable, and it's it's that work rate. You know, if you look at GPSs of those monster wingers, they are over and back. They are constantly getting themselves in the in the line. There's no one, you know, um, staying out on the wing waiting. They're working hard, looking for space. But you have to give a shout out to John Ryan. I mean, I think he'd a forty meter break at one stage that should be multiplied by three if it's a tight head prop that's making that up the pitch um, and Kieran Ryan as well they they done well at scrum time I thought um, excellent stuff and look you didn't mention him Quinny but what about Gleeson coming off the bench he was absolutely outstanding in the in the he came on at 65 minutes and the cameo that he had was was super he's physical straight in there from a kickoff was able to carry it up I think he he got it he nearly got a turnover straight away after that and he and he manhandled a few of those dragon lads as well so it's brilliant for a young guy like that to be able to to come off the bench and and have that huge influence and I just have to say fair play to Butler to step in in like that there was a lot of talk um, outside of Munster you know who's going to step in at a 10 they might have heard of, of Tony Butler that much and I, I think he put his hand up and said look if you, if you ever need me to step in here he was brilliant as I, I spoke about in that first minute that lovely pump pass to distribution to Daly on the wing to set him down there to set him down that right wing was um, uh, brilliant and I suppose his kick and game was excellent few things to work on but to come out and, and, and do that and bust a pack around. I think Donica O'Callum was on the sideline and he spoke about looking at him telling everyone, I want my pack here and that's the one of the main things you want from your 10. You want them organising and telling those forwards to get into shape and, and hurrying them to do so. I, I think, obviously, if you're talking about young players, yeah, and that's that's what you want to do because I think Graham Rountree and, and uh, mentioned that this team has got to grow and evolve from where they were last year and get better because it's going to be more even more difficult um, playing, you know, playing throughout the whole season. It's a long season. So, Joey Carberry picking up the injury and being out for a number of months is another heartbreaking blow for him, and it's it's a, it's a blow for Munster as well. Um, I was really hoping and looking forward to him responding to probably the disappointment of not playing at the end of last season, not being selected for Ireland. Um, so it's no. it's it's such hard luck on him. But Tony Butler looks like he's a really good footballer exciting young player um, of course it's all about confidence um, when, you, when you're a 10 he has the quality and, and I thought he did really well um, I didn't mention uh, Brian Gleeson and, and Ruan Quinn because I was hoping you would um, <laughs> I, I'd be biased towards Brian because he's a tip man as well but what a player um, yeah. you know I watch I watch Ruan and, and Brian in the under 20s um, throughout this year and just to see their impacts up close. I did all the, the under-20s games. Um, they're phenomenal players. I think yeah. they have something special as regards their skill set, but their physicality is really impressive, the power that they have. 
Um, and again, they're young, really young men who look like experienced old heads out there. You know what I mean? Again, you're not going to get carried away. You put the men in against Toulouse or Toulon or Racing or Saracens in, in Europe. It's you know, it's a different ball game. Are they capable of getting up to that level this year? Of course they are, but it comes with a bit of experience. But I'd have no hesitation. And I think Brian Gleeson and Ruin Quinn would be knocking at the door trying to get into the 23 for for the big games um, that are going to be coming up in the next few weeks. And it's it's very exciting to have both those players involved. And sorry, last thing, I know we're going to go again, but last thing, or I have to say Coombs, it was probably the best game I've seen him play since in, in, a, in a while. He was everywhere. And what really impressed me as well about him was he was out in the back line interlinking with, it wasn't just go forward, carry ball off the eight. He was out there, lovely soft hands. Um, You know, he had a pullback as well, I think to Nankville out, out wide as well. So he's someone that's, that's hitting a bit of form as well. And Jack O'Donoghue was immense in how we control the game so there was a lot of good performances but I, I think I agree it's it's got to be Calvin you can't Nash was it was so good you can't take that away from him it was a super performance defensively as well I mean he, he just picked the right hits came in and killed man and ball and that is it for part one of the Red 78 to listen to the full episode where we talk about our star of the week build up to this weekend's game with Ulster and much more besides as well become an Off The Ball member check out offtheball.com forward slash join for all the details you can become a member on the Off The Ball app, Apple, Spotify or YouTube for 9 99 a month. The Red 78. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.